verse 1. All right, y'all have that? Okay, let's read that all together. Ready, read. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Father, thank you tonight for, the give, for giving us the privilege of opening your word. Thank you, Lord, again, that uh, we have hearing ears and seeing eyes and receiving hearts, Lord, to gather and glean from your word tonight. Let revelation flow freely in this place. I thank you that your word will move swiftly and be glorified among your people. I pray that God, your anointing will be upon me and these lips of clay. And I pray the Father that your anointing will be upon every person so that we may receive all you have for us to receive and grow thereby, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Tonight I want to talk about live free. Just those two words, live free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. March 23rd, in 1775, 1775, that's the year before we became an independent nation, there's a gentleman by the name of Patrick Henry. He was a great statesman. And he made a statement as he was giving a speech to the Second Virginia Convention. Uh, leading up to the Revolutionary War, a very famous statement, you may have heard it, says, give me liberty or give me death. How many of y'all heard that before? Remember that from your history classes. Give me liberty or give me death. And this is a man who believed, he fought for with our founding fathers of this nation. They wanted liberty from the uh, British uh, Empire, right? And so they were preparing themselves to fight in the Revolutionary War. That's how we became a nation. Is that right? And so he made this statement, give me liberty or give me death. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a strong statement to say, I want to, I'd rather have liberty than to live. Right? Or I'd rather have, have liberty and, 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 and live than, he's saying, just give me liberty, give me death. Let me just put it. Let me just say the way he said it. Right? I don't want to live and be a slave or live and be, be part, be attached or controlled by the British Empire is what he's saying to us. Now, what's interesting, he made this big statement, a bold statement. He even uh, went so far as to talk about how he was hoping to end slavery. Yet, at 18 years old, he received his first slave uh, when he uh, got married. His, his, one of his wedding gifts were slaves at 18 years old. And uh, so he started out with, with just a couple slaves, and then he went on his life and spoke this great statement and worked hard uh, for America to gain his freedom, yet at the time of his death, he had 67 slaves. So he was speaking this when it came to him, but not willing to extend that same sort of liberty to other men. Several years later, when we had our Declaration of Independence, there's a statement that we hear, we know this. We have three inalienable rights. Y'all know what those are, right? 
Life, liberty, come on. So it's supposed to be our right as a nation, as individuals, to enjoy liberty. And yet, how many of you know that there are many people who did not enjoy liberty? In fact, it was many years later, on March the 2nd, 1863, barely three months after the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect, there was an abolitionist by the name of Frederick Douglass who, giving a speech called Men of Color to Arms. It was at the time near the Civil War where in his understanding, he said that there were people who were fighting a civil war revolving around slavery or freedom of the slaves, and he said yet it would, it would be inconsequential if Africans didn't join that fight. He said, we were sitting around waiting, asking white men to fight for our freedom. He said, so he was calling for all black men. Y'all remember this? To join, get your arms. Get your weapons, let's join the fight. Because we are the ones that are going to benefit from this freedom. And so he made a, a famous statement in that uh, speech that said, I'd rather die free than live as a slave. That was his resolve. I'd rather die free than live as a slave. And as wonderful as a statement that is, I want to rearrange it for us. I'd rather live free than die as a slave. I understand what he was saying, and I agree. Coming out of that time and that slavery time, but for us, as believers... Now, we have the ability to live free, so I'd much rather us now live free than to die as slaves. What do you mean die as slaves? Because most of the world, they're in slaves and slavery and they don't know it. And they will live and die as slaves rather than live as free people. But God has called us to live in freedom. You all agree with that tonight? Now, I want you to turn to Luke 4.18. We went over this Sunday. And because Jesus Christ did something to make this happen. I talked about what, what, um, what uh, Fred, Frederick Douglass uh, pushed for. I talked about what uh, Patrick Henry pushed for. But I want you, to, want you to see again what Jesus Christ himself pushed for. Hallelujah. He was the greatest abolitionist to ever live. Glory to God. Luke 14, he said this. Luke 14. Glory to God. Said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I'm anointed. To preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Notice this, to proclaim what? Liberty. To the captives and recover of sight to the blind. Now not only to proclaim, but to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So his work was to set us totally free from every sort of slavery. From every sort of issue the devil could bring into the lives of God's people. We're set free from sin and spiritual death and sickness and Disease and poverty and lack and fear and oppression. We're set free from all, all of that because of what Jesus Christ did. Amen? Amen? There's a scripture in Psalm 146, verse 7. Psalm 146, verse 7. Get on the screen for me, please. It says, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Notice what it says here at the end. The Lord, come on, gives freedom, gives freedom to the prisoners. What does he do? He gives freedom to the prisoners. Amen. I want you to see the Lord's agenda. Look at Isaiah 42, please. Verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 42, verse 6 and 7. 
Y'all have your Bibles tonight. Isaiah 42, verse 6 and 7 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you. Now, notice this you is capitalized because it's, it's a prophecy about Jesus Christ. As a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, verse 7, please, to open blind eyes. Now, blind eyes, we, we could talk about, of course, uh, physical blindness, but blind eyes also implies people who have no revelation. They have no light. So to open blind eyes, so because their people have blind eyes, they're also now prisoners. So he says open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison. Those who sit in darkness, they sit in lack of revelation. They sit in the place of no word to bring them out from the prison house. So people who have no revelation knowledge, people who don't have the truth, they are in prison. And most of them don't even know it. They're in prison to this world system. They're slaves to sin. They're slaves to the enemy. And they have no clue about it. But whenever you're in darkness, whenever you have no revelation, whenever you don't know the word of God, you are a slave. You are a prisoner. Are you hearing that tonight? Zechariah chapter 9, please. Zechariah 9 and verse 11. This is what God says. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from what? The waterless pit. The waterless pit. I'll set your prisoners free so people are in prison in a waterless pit. Whenever you see water in the word, it is emblematic or, 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 or a picture of revelation or the word. In, in Ephesians 4, uh, Ephesians 5 rather, around verse 26, when the Bible talks about a man uh, having a wife and how a man takes care of his wife, it says Christ did the same thing. And he says that he wanted to sanctify the, the, his wife or the church by the washing of water by the word. So the uh, water represents the word of God. So notice we go back here to Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11. It says here that they, he will set your prisoners free from the waterless or from the wordless pit. I want you to see this, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to understand that, that people in the world out there who think they have it going on, think they know everything, they got all the sense in the world, yet because they have no word, they are in a pit, a horrible pit, and they just, they just don't know it. The only reason why they're, they're not uh, freaking out is because most of them are there. All their friends are there too. Am I right about it? I mean, when all, when all, when all your family's in the same position, nobody freaks out. When all your friends are, are, are going through the same problems, going through the same struggles, why nobody freaks out? Because they don't know any better. Glory to God. So God has to bring us out of a waterless pit. You got that? John chapter 8, verse 36. John 8, 36. Let's move to the New Testament here. John 8, 36. I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says, therefore, if the Son, that's himself, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So I want you to notice again, the Son, Jesus Christ, makes you free. Are you seeing this? I, I, want, I want to make sure you understand the agenda of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand the whole reason why he came to this planet. Because if you remember what happened, Adam, because of his sin, dropped man down out of revelation, into information, dropped man out of uh, discerning, down into learning, and by that, dropped man out of his liberty 
into slavery. So Jesus Christ, the last Adam, had to come and break men out of slavery, bring men out of prison so that we can live free again. That's why your Bible says over in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, let me, let me look over there real quick. Romans chapter 8 verse uh, 21 says that because the creation itself also, let me, in fact, let me go back to verse 20. Go back to verse 20. It says, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Now, this happened back in the garden. Are you with me? Verse 21, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the what? Glorious liberty of who? Now that's us. We are the children of God. So because we're the children of God, your Bible says we are supposed to be living in a glorious liberty. Glorious means it's beautiful, splendid, attractive, everybody wants it. Glory to God. And it says that all creation will be delivered into that same glorious liberty that we're to enjoy. Now the only way that we get that glorious liberty is because Jesus Christ came and made that his agenda. His agenda is to set men free. That's why when you get on God's side, it becomes your agenda to set men free. Y'all ain't saying anything to Mike. It becomes your agenda. Your agenda as a kingdom citizen is not to build your own kingdom. Your agenda as a kingdom citizen is not to build your own and you know your own life and think about just you. Your agenda is to set other people free. If people are in sin, you want to set them free out of sin. If they're bound to a sickness or disease, you have an anointing to set them free out of that sickness or disease. If they're, if they're stuck in poverty, you have an anointing. There's a financial anointing available to you to get people out of the prison and slavery of poverty. Are you hearing me tonight? Glory to God. I mean, the same anointing that's on Jesus is on you. So you have to have the exact same agenda. The exact same plan. And I heard Dr. Leroy Thompson say this say one, one time this way, that if we make his agenda our agenda, then he'll pay for it. If as soon as we make his agenda our agenda, then he'll pay for it. He'll provide for us. Many times the reason why, okay, I can prove this to you. James 4. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can I just deviate here a little minute? James 4, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from, from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Verse 2. You lust or want and, you, and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Oh, praise God. So I, don't, I have not because I ask not. Now people get excited about that. They stop right there. But we got to keep going. He says in verse 3, says, what you ask. So no, I'm not, I'm not one of those faithless ones who don't ask. You ask. But he says you do not receive. Oh, wait a minute. I thought he, I thought he said I don't receive because I don't ask. Well, verse 3 says you ask and don't receive. Watch this. Because you ask. Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Oh, so now I find out why I'm not really prospering the way God wants me to prosper is because I'm only seeking my own. I'm not really about his agenda. I'm not, I'm not allowing God to prosper me so that I can set other people free. 
become a reservoir as opposed to being a river. The judges understand what I said. Many people are, you want, God's not trying to just get money to you. He's trying to get money through you. But if you become one who you just want to be a reservoir, you're just going to hoard up. I just want to stack everything for myself. Then God is not going to pour money in your hands. But if you make it your point, your agenda to be a distribution center of anointing, of finances, of prosperity, of, of, of divine life, then God will flow through you in every way of your life. Are you hearing that? So my agenda has to be the same as his, to set prisoners free. That's why you got to get to a point. If you want to walk in divine health or you want to walk in divine healing, you got to get to a point where you hate sickness. I don't just mean your sickness. You hate sickness. I can't tolerate seeing anybody sick. Okay. Y'all remember that time Jesus got sick? He had the flu. Oh, y'all don't? All right, remember that time he got that bad cold? Okay, remember that time he got sinuses? Y'all ever hear folks say that? I got sinuses. Congratulations, Sherlock. Everybody, we all have, uh, uh, we all have sinuses. But you know, so y'all remember that time Jesus had sinusitis? Remember that time? inflammation and cancer? Remember that he, time he had lupus and stuff? Y'all remember that time? No, you know, because he never had it. He never, you know why he never had it? Y'all know why he never had it? He despised it. Despised it so much that the day he heard his first cousin, John the Baptist, was killed, he's grieving. He's grieving. Oh, my God. Oh, they killed, they killed the forerunner. They killed my cousin. And all of a sudden, he turns around and sees a big crowd of people sick. He said, okay. He'll wipe that up. Enough, enough of that crime. Let me go and heal them all. See, he was so moved with compassion to heal, so moved with compassion to shepherd, so moved with compassion to feed. He was never broke. Boy, I'm preaching something way. This, this is my message here, but this is, this is something somebody needs to get. He was so moved with compassion to meet people's needs, he never had his needs unmet. Luke 8 says these women and this group of people followed him around and kept ministering to him of, it, of their substance. Why was that? Because he kept ministering to people of his substance. <laughs> he kept going to set people free from every circumstance. Glory to God. Boy, 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 boy. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> I'm talking about his agenda here. His agenda is to set all of us free. And I'm trying to tell you that if we get his agenda, make his agenda our agenda. I mean, hate sickness. Hate poverty. 
hate debt. Hate broken homes. Hate addiction. Just hate it all. And when you get that kind of hate, you'll be so filled with compassion to set other folk free. You'll be broken free in every area of your life. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Some of y'all, let me just, I'm gonna just say it, boy, because y'all, y'all took them. Some of y'all, you have sold like wild men. Nobody, just nobody. I don't know wild men sowers in here. Some of y'all have given, sown, you'll see like wild men, wild women. And you're like, Lord, what's happening? It's because all you think about is getting the harvest so you can get you a new, a new, a new car. That ain't the point of a harvest. You can't eat a harvest. You can't eat a harvest. You can't eat all of that. Come on, sir. If you get a harvest, it ain't just for you. You can't eat a harvest. If it was all about you, he'll just say, go ahead and eat the seed. Everybody, come on, come on around, come on around. I got, I got, come on now, come on now. I got a harvest here. Boy, that, that just, that just, that, somebody better write that down because that was your answer right there. I don't know who that was. That was your answer. The whole reason why you're not getting the harvest because you just want to eat the harvest. That's from the Holy Ghost. I've never heard that in my life from anybody anywhere. That's just the Holy Ghost telling me that, tell you that right now. You try, your whole plan is to eat up your harvest. No, a harvest is too much for you. Ain't that right? I got, in, in our backyard, we got banana trees back there. Can't, we can't eat all the bananas, man. Ain't that many smoothies? Ain't that many peanut butter banana sandwiches? Ain't no, ain't that many banana? Ain't that much in the world? Got avocados back there, and I mean, it's, it, around my house, these ain't mine, but it's mango trees right there, and legion nuts, all that kind of. You can't, you can't eat all that. get sick eating all that stuff because the harvest isn't just for you the anointing isn't just for you Lord anoint me and the whole reason why you not get anointed is because you want anointing so you can get your business card the anointing isn't for you If I get the anointing, I can get me a big engagement. What? The real anointing ain't about no engagement. The real anointing is you can walk into St. Anthony's up and down every, every, every row, every aisle. That's what it's really for. Thank you, Mr. 
All right. I'm just talking about his agenda becoming our agenda. <laughs> Praise God. Matter of fact, can I, can I just tell you the truth? Because I'm already here. This, this, is, this is not going to help you right here. Well, what I already said helped you. But this, this is going this to help you, uh, I believe, even more. If you have been a sower and you got something in, came in, praise God, got my harvest, and you could count it and spend it, that was not your harvest. If you didn't have to share it, that was not your harvest. And he closed the book. If, if, you, if, you, if you could count it and didn't have to share it, that was not your harvest. That was the blade. Now, why is that important, Pastor? Because what happened was you got the blade and thought the blade was the harvest, so you stopped your faith. You cut off your expectation because you thought the blade was the harvest. So you're like, praise God, I got it. And you moved on. And God is saying, child, that was not your harvest. You, show, you sold a hundred dollars. You sold a thousand dollars. You ain't get, ain't no. You sold, sold a hundred and got a five hundred back. That ain't no harvest. There's no farmer in the world who sows one seed and gets one apple back. But you ain't even seen your harvest yet. If you ain't had to share it, if you have to go open up another account, if you had to call people in and say, "Come on, let's sit down, let's let's go over this," if you ain't, no, that ain't your harvest. God ain't that small. Tell me, tell your neighbor, that's just a blade. got to keep working that thing, right? Now, I mean, you know, I said I said I, I believe it helped you because what that's supposed to do is help you understand. Wait a minute. You have you have uh, let the devil off the hook. Because the devil the one telling you that that was your harvest. That wasn't God telling you that was your harvest. Because God knows what a harvest looks like. He's so Jesus Christ. He ain't get no one disciple. Are you hearing me? All, all I'm talking about here is getting the agenda matched up. To get you to understand the magnitude of when the agenda really gets lined up with God's agenda, you become, you become a part of the liberation movement. 
you, you, you become spiritual Marcus Garvey's. You become part of the movement. You become part of, of, of the Freedom Riders. We're going to go. Jesus, Jesus told the disciples one time, he says, I want you to go into a city. And he said, if you find a son of peace in that city, go in there. And when you walk in there, you can leave your peace on a city. You can leave your peace on a house. What's he saying? He said, he said freely you've received, freely give. In other words, when you really receive, you got enough to give. Because you, 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 have, you understand the agenda. The agenda is in my house and my car. Now, the beautiful thing about it is the agenda, it comes with the house and the car. You understand that all that stuff comes with it. Don't, don't feel bad if you get that. That's good. But, but, but that ain't it. It's, you know it when you can buy five or six housing cars. Say, hey, you come over here. I, I got your house. I got your, got your car. You come over here. What you, what you, you need a car, too? I got, you, got your car. You know. You know the harvest then. <laughs> I, I can't drive all them cars. Hey, you come, come, come get you one. Yeah, I, I can't live in all them houses. You come get one of the houses. I <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, you ain't seen the harvest. Now watch this. How many of y'all are spirit filled? How many of y'all are spirit filled? All right, now watch. Go to 2 Corinthians 3.17. I'm just trying to show you the, 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 the agenda uh, alignment. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, come on, there's liberty. How many of y'all agree with that scripture there? All right. So we understand then. Now, if you're spirit filled, the Lord is in you. Right. So wherever the spirit of the Lord is, come on, there's liberty. Now, we use this all the time in church. Boy, we get in church and we have a good old shouting time. Ooh, and the, you know, they, they start playing fast shouting music. We say, ooh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, boy, that's liberty. Boy, we dance around praising God, running around the building. You know, Angie, remember running around the building, lights off and stuff like that. Praise the Lord. Running all in the pole. Bam! No, I'm telling you, boy, I grew up in church. Boy, people used to run, run and hit, hit. We used to have a pole. They got poles still there in my old church. Poles holding the balcony up. People be running, oh, da, da, ba, ba, bam, and just keep on going. Bam, like bumper cars, like wow. And the evil one wouldn't even, couldn't even hurt him, man. No harm come to him. But I want you to see, see beyond that here. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? So he's in you, there's liberty. He's in this place, there's liberty. But if he's in you, then wherever you go, you are an agent, a carrier of that same liberty. So it doesn't make sense what I'm saying to you now, that whole 
tangent the Lord took us on just now yes. about knowing when your real harvest coming in. Okay, let me, let me help somebody here. It's okay. It's wonderful. In fact, you have to celebrate the blade. Okay, so please don't get me wrong. Oh, man, no. Celebrate the blade. You got to see it. You got you to see this, this, this progressive manifestation. You got to see the law of progression. Praise God, I sold for, I sold for, for a Maybach. Praise the Lord, I'm getting me a Maybach. But right now, you got you got, you riding on Maypops, but praise God. You riding, though. I said you riding, though. Get you a new set of tires. You better praise God for that. You riding, though. Glory to God. You got you to gotta celebrate every time. Okay? But don't stop when you get your Maybach. Because, because, well, yeah, that's that too. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about you got, you got your Maybach, but, but, but you know 17 people that's walking. I'm talking about you carrying this same spirit. Celebrate when you get your healing manifestation. But you know 17 people who they struggling just to, they trying to breathe. See, you carry this same freedom riding anointing. You got it? All right. Uh, okay. Let me see if we can get back on track here. Okay. All right. So I talked to you Sunday about uh, how to walk in liberty, right? How to walk in freedom. I gave, I gave you three, three things to make sure you always do. Number one was to always see what God has to say. Always see what God has to say. Whenever you're faced with a situation, how many of y'all? I, now I told everybody here. You're going to face something this week, yeah. in the next few days. Anybody has faced anything already? Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Okay, because it's going to happen. That's what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. You got to listen to me, what I'm saying. You got to pay attention to what I'm saying because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just try, I'm trying to, to prepare you. Because you're going to, the devil is busy. And I have news for you with your pretty face. He does not like you. He does not like you. The devil cannot stand your guts. He cannot stand the ground you walk on. He, he, he has, he has a, a, a personal vendetta. And the feeling is mutual too, right? He's out to get you. Right? Now he knows he can't get you. All he can do is taunt you. Threaten you. Try to scare you. So when you get in a situation... Uh, you got to know that I got to see what God is going to say. I was sharing with, with some people. We, had a, we talked about some things. Listen. You, you are going to face situations all the time. Right? Where you need to make a decision. Right? Never make a decision based on pressure. Make a decision based on prayer. You got it? Now watch. When the pressure comes for you to make a decision, you got to stop and see what God has to say. Now the decision may be the same decision. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, 
what you, what you conclude that you should do may be the same, but it was not driven by pressure. It was led by prayer. Are you following me? In other words, I can make the same decision by pressure and there's fear tied, attached to it. Got it? And if the spirit's attached to it, it's going to invite all kind of problems in the, in the situation. But if I make this decision based on prayer, the Lord led me to do something. Now, it's the same thing. He's telling me to do the same thing I was thinking about doing over here. He told me to do it. But because I'm led by prayer, now it has faith attached to it. Now, faith reveals or allows, makes room for the anointing to work on that situation. Are you understanding that? You, it's important, though, to see what God has to say. That scripture, I, I gave it to you uh, from Psalm uh, 119, verse 45. It says, I, I will walk at liberty, for I will seek your precepts. So I'm going to see what God has to say about us something before I do it. Okay? Everybody's going to face this. Everybody. Every, if you're a teenager and you're, pretty soon you're going to be trying to decide what, what college to go to or whether you want to go to college or whether you want to go to the military or you, whether you want to get a job, whatever. I mean, just whatever it is. You, just, you're going to be trying to date some boy, date some girl, whatever. Y'all ain't saying nothing, y'all. Okay. I'm just, I'm just telling you what's being presented. You're saying no, but I'm talking about what's being presented. Whether, whether you want to or not, it's being presented. So, you got to know how to make a decision based on prayer and not based on pressure. Peer pressure and, you know, parental pressure. <laughs> Financial pressure. All right? Number two, I told you, embrace the truth. Embrace the truth. Okay? So I told you, once you know the truth, you got to hold fast to that truth. And at that point, don't listen to anything or anybody else. Okay? In John 8, 32, from the, the Passion Translation, Jesus says this, for if, if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your life. If you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your life. So you got to embrace the truth. That means once you hear it, you lock onto that and don't listen to anything else. Many times we, we hear what the Lord said, but then we still keep our ears open to hear what other people have to say. You got to make a decision. <laughs> Deacon, I'll talk about this in the office before church. You know, I, I said this this Sunday about going whole hog. Remember that? You understand what I mean when I say whole hog? That means you go all in. So if you're going to go all in for the world, go all in for the world. If you're going to go all in for God, go all in for God. Don't half step. Don't be hot between two opinions. Be hot or cold. Just, just do this thing. You know, I'll tell indeed, you know, if you're, if you're going to go, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Y'all listening? If you're going to go the doctor route, go the doctor route. 100%. Don't get there and you, you break your arm, go to the doctor, and the doctor say, oh man, it's broken. Oh, it is not broken. Why'd you go to the doctor? call you hope. No, the thing says broken. You went to the doctor. They didn't call you. You went to them. 
We need to put a cast on it. I shall have no cast. <laughs> you, you win. Now, could God heal you with a broken arm? Yes. I heard dad talk about one time, he literally broke his foot, his, his ankle and everything. I mean, it was hanging off and he just, I mean, he worked his faith immediately. I mean, this is just awesome. And God straight his foot right back out on his, you know, praise the Lord. I mean, I've gone through things, nothing, nothing like that. I've never, never broken anything, but I've gone through things and I worked my, I, I've not had to go to the doctor for anything in a long, very long time. Many, many years. I don't have any intention on going to the doctor. But that's, I'm there in my faith. I'm there in my faith. Okay? But if, if you got to be, <laughs> you go to the doctor, don't, don't, don't now badmouth them about their medicine. You win. Well, I'm in faith. No, no, that's why you went to the doctor. Now, you can, get, you can get in faith at the doctor too, though. See, because if you don't, if you don't do it by pressure and you do it by prayer, I heard Jesse Duplantis talk about this. Y'all remember, y'all know Jesse Duplantis? Jesse Duplantis talked about how, how he was feeling this little tick in his heart and he was like, you know, what was that? And he said, there's actually a flutter and he said, the Lord told him, go to the doctor. And he said, went to the doctor, and the doctor scanned him, and they said, no, we found nothing, nothing, wrong, with, nothing wrong with your heart. He could have said, well, shoot, all right. He said, no, 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 the Lord told me to go. He said, the Lord told me to come here, so check it again. And they checked him again. They said, Mr. Mr. DePlanter, there's nothing wrong with your heart. We've not found anything. You are healthy. And he said, fellas, the Lord told me to come here. The Lord told me to come here. There's something going on. And they ran him the third time and they found, oh, they found a little twisted something in his, in his what is the artery, A order, what, what is it? They found like, oh my God. We didn't see that. They said, it looked like you've had that since you were, you were, you were born. And so he went and had, had open heart surgery, I think he did, right? And they, they fixed it. Now he went, not by pressure, but by the leading of the Spirit of God. And he lived to this day. And he healed up real quick. Matter of fact, we got another friend. Y'all, some of y'all remember um, Pastor uh, um, Paulo. They know Paulo. I, we know Paulo. What's Paulo's husband? Um, came here. Motor, they ride the motorcycle. Uh, preached on the Holy Ghost. Carter. Carter Barnett. Some of y'all remember Pastor Carter Barnett came here about maybe four or five years ago. Came here, preached, and uh, he preached on the Holy Ghost at that time. And uh, his wife was dealing with a serious issue in her back. I mean, her back was really bad off. And she was hesitant. Well, I'm not in faith. I'm not in faith. Should I go to the doctor? Should I not go to the doctor? And dad, Lord, the Lord came to dad, Apostle Derber, and said, tell her, go to the doctor, have the surgery on her back. No. God ain't going to tell Apostle Durbin to send her by the doctor. Yes, God said, tell her, go to the doctor, have the surgery on her back. She went, now, not by pressure now, but because she got a word from the Lord. Went and had the surgery on her back. Now, you know, you know, when they tell you to have a surgery on your back, it's a 50-50 chance you ain't never going to walk again. But because you go by the word of the Lord and it's faith, there's a 100% chance she's going to walk. What happens as a result? 
She, she goes, has a surgery, heals her so quickly, recovers so quickly, everything in perfect form. Now she and her husband riding around on a motorcycle. All over this country on a motorcycle. They rode down here on a motorcycle, right? From Kentucky. Rode here on a motorcycle from Kentucky. This after the surgery. That's a hump right there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What I'm saying is you got to see what God has to say. And once you hear the word of the Lord, embrace that. But you got to hear what he says. And do what he says. Praise God. Glory to God. Number three. Man, I'm way behind. Never return to sense knowledge living. Never return to sense knowledge living. Because going back will put you in a worse condition than you were before, okay? Whatever, whatever the situation was. Now, I, from that, we were looking at Galatians 5, verse 1. That's what I gave you that night, uh, Sunday, right? Where it says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which, by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Right? All right, now let's go back because it says in verse, chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore. So whenever you see the word therefore, you got to go back and see what it's there for. All right, so let's go back and see what it's there for, okay? So let's start. We, don't, we can't cover all of chapter 4, but let's go to verse 28 where we started tonight, okay? Look at what it says. It says, now we, brethren, now we, brethren, this includes us, as Isaac was, are children of promise. So as Isaac was, we are. So we are children of promise. Now that's important here because he's only saying it because this is obviously meant to distinguish us from other people. Because he says, now we, brethren, he's identifying a, a specific group of people. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. I want you to get that same verse for me, please. Uh, verse 1 uh, in the Amplified Bible, please. Amplified Bible. Oh, you see this what it says here. Now, but we, brethren, are children, watch this, not by physical descent as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of promise. Glory to God. Is that, that amplified? Anybody? There's, there's, I don't know. That's classic. That, that doesn't look like what I, what I have on my paper here. That's what's in your Bible? Well, I copied the wrong one down then. My bad. Well, maybe the New Amplified then says it. We are uh, miraculously born. Miraculously born. We are miraculously born. Okay. Miraculously born. All right. So we are, so we can go with virtual born in virtue of promises. So let's go back to the New King James here. What is, which one is it? The New Amplified, which says, born miraculously, all right? Verse, verse uh, okay. And we believe, yeah, that's right. And we believing brothers and sisters like children, I wish they wouldn't have old and new Amplified. Just give me one. Like Isaac, our children, not merely of physical descent like Ishmael, okay, but are children of promise, born of promise, born miraculously. Okay, so we're born miraculously. 
Are you following me? You're a miracle. You, your whole Christian life started out. <laughs> you got to understand. Somebody, oh, I wish I could see a miracle. You are a miracle. The fact that you're born again is a miracle. You know the old you. You know it's a miracle you in here in church on a Tuesday night. Because you know good and well before you got born again, a night before a holiday, you would have been getting ready right now to go over to Tampa. To one of the clubs. You know, somebody would have been having a reggae concert. You don't even, you can't even understand what they're saying, but somebody having a reggae concert, you're going just to be around them in the atmosphere because you know. You, I mean, you know. You, so it's a miracle. Okay, but here's what I want you to see. The new birth, the new birth for everybody is miraculous. So since you have a miraculous birth, you are meant to live a miraculous life. That's what I want you to see here. You started out in the miraculous. God, dog, that's good. You started out in the miraculous. You started out in the miraculous. You already started out in something supernatural. You started out in something that's spectacular already. That's why you're already just be excited just about being born again because you started out this way. So you're meant to live this way. Galatians 3.3. Get on the screen, please. Galatians 3.3. Watch this. Galatians 3.3. Glory to God. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit or miraculously, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Are you going to switch now from this miraculous lifestyle to living a regular natural lifestyle? No. You're, because you were born this way. Everybody say, I was born this way. You know, they got that statement out there in the world about people tomorrow. I was born this way. No, you weren't born this that way. And if you think you were born that way, be born again. Because once you've been born again, now you are a miraculous being. You are a supernatural being. Once you've been born again. So you're meant to live your life in a supernatural, miraculous way. Not natural. So that means you and I are not uh, bound. I mean, what, what is a miracle? What is a, a miracle is something that surpasses all natural law. It supersedes all natural limitations. That's what a miracle is. So if you're born that way, then nowhere in the world now we got to live by natural laws. Oh, I wish I had somebody missing. No way we have to allow live by natural limitations. I was born this way. <laughs> I was born a miracle. So I live in the miraculous. Are you hearing that? So he says here, again, verse 28, now we brethren... As Isaac was, are born, are children of promise. We, brother, we are. Verse 29 says, now this is important. This is important. It's all important, but watch this. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Now, but as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Now talking again about Isaac and Ishmael. He says, even so it is now. So if you know the story about Ishmael, 
in Isaac, in fact, you can get in Genesis 21. Go over there real quick. Genesis 21. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is anybody learning one or two things here tonight? Genesis 21. Verse, um, verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. That's what he does. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Verse 3. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now, Isaac means laughter. So his name was laughter. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac. Well, let me, let me drop down to verse, verse 8. Verse 8. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. Verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. That word scoffing, if you got a good Bible, the center column reference will say something like laughing. So she saw him laughing. Now, when, it, when we are there in Galatians chapter 4, that's what it's talking about. It says, as he who was born according to the flesh, verse 29, then persecuted, laughed at, scoffed, mocked, picked on him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Are you seeing this? So people who are naturally born attack the miraculously born people. People who live by natural limitations, they attack those who live by the spirit. People who live by the flesh attack those who live by faith. Glory to God. Are you seeing this here? Because here we are, sometimes we don't understand, you know, why do people, they, they don't understand, why do they, why they persecute us, why they attack it, why, why do they despise? It's because they were not born like you. They were born of the flesh. All they know is the flesh. And so they pick on you, they persecute you because you're born of the spirit and you have a spiritual understanding and a spiritual expectation and, and, a, and a lifestyle of, of uh, an outlook of, of the miraculous. So you see life without limits. You see life without barriers. You see life not based on the color of your skin or, or not based on your gender or not based on where you grew up or not based on any of these natural things. You see life without, you see life based on the word of God. And so they persecute, they attack you. Well, why the attack? It is to get you to draw back out of that high life and come back down to a life we can all understand. Oh, God. It's to get us to come down and live a regular life like regular folk. They want you to be scared when they're scared. They want you to panic when they panic. They want you to be depressed when they're depressed. They want you to be mad when they're mad. And I don't understand. How come you're not mad about that? You're not scared? You're not worried about that? And then they'll start talking about you. Is anybody experiencing that in your life at all? Tell me. Still. What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's the problem is what's wrong with you? Nothing wrong with me. I'm born this way. I was born in the miraculous. I live in the miraculous. I expect a miracle's going to happen. 
before this thing fall apart, a miracle's gonna happen. Oh, I know what they said, but I'm expecting a miracle's gonna happen. The problem is you don't believe in miracles. I believe in miracles because I am a miracle. Glory to God. Are y'all seeing this here? So notice here, I want you to see this. So remember we read in, in Genesis 21, uh, Isaac was named Laughter. That's what la his name Isaac means, Laughter. But then notice that Ishmael laughed at him. So here you are, while you are laughing by faith, they are laughing at your faith. You and I are laughing in faith. No, no, no. Maybe you're not. See, that's, why you, that's how you know when you're in faith. When you're still laughing. If you ain't, if you ain't laughing, you ain't in faith yet. If you ain't laughing, if you, you don't lost your praise, you're not in faith. You need to get back in the word till you get back in faith. Because once you're back to laughing, now you're back in faith. But once you get back in faith and you're laughing, now they're going to laugh at you laughing. Because they're going to say, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you think it's going to work out. It ain't going to work out. Yeah, they're going to talk about you. No, you think you're going to make it. No, you, you'll be back. See, you move, you move out, of the, out of the ghetto and they'll be, you'll be back. You decide you're going to get off food stamps and now believe God to be your provider. Ha, ha, ha. Look at you. I, I, got, a, I got two grocery carts full. And you got that one old grocery cart. Look at you. They laughing at you. Now, they two grocery carts because the government paid for it with your money. The government paid for it with your money, but they got the nerve to laugh at you because... Those my groceries. Give me some of that. <laughs> but they got an old saying that goes, he who laughs last, laughs best. I'll tell you that, but you're going to get the last laugh. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. You're going to get the last laugh. When it's all over, when it's all said and done, when the rubber meets the road, when all the smoke clears, you're going to get the last laugh. Because they're going to see you walking up in your, in your, in your house. They're going to see you driving up in your car and up there with your husband, your new husband, or your new wife, or your kids you've been believing God for. They're going to see you walking in there with that. Gonna... Yeah. I remember you had said, yep, that's right. I didn't believe you. I know. I'm a believer. Okay, let me keep going here. Let me finish up here. All right, verse, uh, back in Galatians 4. So I, just, I want you to see that, if you got to underline or highlight that, even so it is now. Because you got to see that that's, that's what you're dealing with. Even so it is now. You deal with from family. You deal with it from friends, you deal with it from neighbors, you deal with it from, deal with it from classmates and co-workers, and you deal with it from anybody. People who they're not born like you are, even so it is now. They're going to pick on you with your faith self. You go to that church? Yeah, that, that church. 
I don't believe all that Bible stuff. Verse 30. Now watch this. Verse 30. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? And here's advice for you. Cast. That's it right there. Now y'all see, y'all, y'all want to be all deep. No, be all nice. No, no, no. Here's what the Bible said. Cast out the born woman and her son. Stop hanging around folk who keep persecuting you. They keep talking about you and dogging you up about your face. You ain't got to keep running around them. You, you, don't, you, you, are, you are under no obligation. This is a free country. You are under no obligation to hang around folk who keep persecuting you. But that's my cousin. I don't care. Tell you what, wait till you arrive in your kingdom and then call your cousin. Say, now come on over and see my glory. Cast out the bomb woman and her son. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Because we don't go together. For the son of the bond woman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So those who are flesh born shall not be heir with those who are spirit born or miraculously born. Your Bible says, this in the book of Proverbs says, cast out the scoffer and contention will cease. Contention is strife. So if you want to get rid, of, get rid of a lot of that strife in your life, get rid of those ones who keep talking you out. Keep questioning your every move. Dog, you back in church again on a Tuesday? Dog. Dog, you can't take one week off from church? Dog. No, dog. I'm going to church again. I might pray for you too. You better watch out. Like, come put your name on it. You know we got a dartboard up there. We might put your name on the prayer dartboard. Let's not make all kind of crazy threats. We're going to come out and bring and throw a bunch of those little green Bibles at your house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, now watch, watch. Okay, let, let, let's get to this point here. Let's watch. Now, verse, verse 30. Did you see verse 30 again? Okay, now watch. He says, let me read verse 30 again. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Verse 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So let's yeah, be clear about who we are. We are children of the free. So we are the free. We are the free. So, but notice what he says here. So cast out the bondwoman and her, and her child. Now, why would he say that? Because we're not of the bondwoman, we're of the free. So cast her out to avoid entanglement. This is very important, ladies and gentlemen. To avoid entanglement. Sarah understood something here, back in Genesis 21. That if Isaac... See, because at first, Isaac, he just hears and he probably getting, you know, just crying. Mama, he talking about me, you know, Ishmael saying something. He's, he talking about me, he says something about you. Know. But, but see, but see as if he keeps hanging around that, 
while he keeps hearing that, Ishmael would have started slipping some stuff in on him. And then what would have happened, Isaac would have started entertaining some stuff. That's right. Maybe my mama is too. Y'all, you better understand what I'm saying. See, that's why I said get rid of them. Don't even entertain them. Let me tell you something. If I don't, I don't, I don't believe any of y'all have to go through this. But if you were in the hospital, you got your own room in the hospital, and your family come in there and visiting you, and they keep giving you all these reports about you know why cousin sauce. What you gonna do? Why? Because you don't want that mess in your atmosphere. Well, how come you're going to have family reunion with them all the time and still be here all that mess? How come you feel compelled to go to every family dinner? Why do you feel compelled to go to every function that they have and know they're going to talk against your God, against your word, against your faith, against your walk? Oh, it's okay. No, what happens is you, you don't realize it, but you're entertaining. Watch this. Entertain. The definition of entertain, this is right out of the dictionary here, means to provide someone with amusement or enjoyment. We know that one. But notice the second definition. To give attention or consideration to an idea, suggestion, or feeling. Now, wait a minute. Well, Pastor, I'm not entertaining that. Did not Hebrews say, be careful how you entertain strangers because you may be entertaining angels unaware, which means you, you can be entertaining something unaware of it. That's worth a mint right there or something, boy. You can be entertaining something and be unaware of it. Huh? I mean, we know about atmosphere. That's why you can be around people and come home and you all of a sudden, you know, you don't cuss, but all of a sudden you think about cussing. Y'all ain't saying nothing better. It, it happens to me. It happens to me to this day. I don't cuss. I never cussed in my life. I mean, never practiced cussing in my life. I, I mean, I never did. I remember one time I tried it and it, it didn't come out right, so I said, I ain't good. For real, I did. Because <laughs> I wasn't raised around cussing. So when I tried it, I'm like, I mean, I don't know how to, I, you, you got to conjugate cuss words. I don't know how to conjugate. You got to be able to make contractions. I don't, it sounded, it sounded nerdish to me. So I'm like, I ain't going to do it no more. <laughs> Anybody else like that, you try it, you're like, mm. Oh no, y'all is good at it. Y'all, y'all know how to put them together, boy. Put them together. Well, me, see, I don't do it, but if I, I could, I could be around folk, you know, go, go sit. At, I almost hate it, man. Sit in these baseball games and out there in public places like that, and you hear all these words. And then you go home and you don't have any intention of cussing, but the cuss words are in your head. You gotta go home and purge, man. You gotta go home and detox. Yeah. 
like, like cigarette smoke. You, I wasn't smoking, but I come home, you know, you know, it's all in your clothes and everything. You're entertaining unaware. You see, so many times we, we, we can vex our own righteous souls by just hearing and seeing these things. And when we, these people are persecuting us and attacking our faith, that's why we don't, don't, don't sit there and watch these TV shows that dog out your faith. Watch these movies that dog out your faith and your word and your Jesus. Don't do that because you are entertaining and so when you entertain you give attention to or consideration to an idea suggestion or feeling now watch this entertainment leads to entanglement entertainment leads to entanglement so before you know it now you're entangled and then when you get an entanglement then you're an entrapment uh oh oh I, I got caught I got caught. I'm in there. Oh, well, now, now they, they come. They don't kill you. We just want to put you in slavery. We need some workers over here in this other system over here. Now you're a slave to it. See? Now watch what he says here. So, entertainment. I'm sitting here. I mean, come on. Just be honest with me. I know we all saved. Saint if our Holy Ghost filled five our ties running for our lives. But we have been around situations where we knew we shouldn't have been around situations. And we were there, we were there uh, you know, just a few minutes too long, a couple of hours too long, a couple of days too long, before we knew it, we were all wrapped up in something. All wrapped up. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in foolishness. Come on now. That, that's, that, come on, tell the truth. That's how sin works, right? I know none of y'all have ever sinned, but that's how sin works. Man is drawn away of his own lust. Lust that's conceived brings forth sin, and when it's finished, it brings forth death. Okay, David was up on out there. He was in his palace, right? Time of war. He's supposed to be out there leading the guys in war, but he's out there and, you know, chilling out. And he goes outside and looks over across the, across the yondo down there and he sees a girl. Hey! And what happened? He should have saw and looked away and just walked, you know, praise the Lord. How are my, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want him. Make me to lie down in green pastures, leave me beside still water. He should have been writing a psalm or something. Praise the Lord. He should have been writing him a love unto Jesus Christ, to the Lord. But no, no, he, what happened? He, he entertained the thought. He entertained the thought. Before you knew it, he got entangled. Now, now how do you know he's entangled? He said, what's her name? He entangled. He got one foot in. Not one foot out. No, we got one foot in, and the right foot in, and the left foot in, and we start shaking it all about it. They start doing the hokey pokey, and they start turning them around. Boy. <laughs> they, oh boy! Before you knew it, got over to the house. Right, she over to the house now. 
Hey, girl, what your name is? And now she over to the house. Now, now he lays with her and she gets pregnant. Now he's trapped. Now he thought he got it, but now it got him. Even now. See, even now. This is still how it works, ladies and gentlemen. He's trapped. But now, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But the sin didn't just trap him. Now, now the sin enslaved him. How to enslave him? Because now I can't, I can't, I don't know how to do it. How do I get out of this thing? Now, where, whereas he should fall on his knees and say, God, please forgive me. I've wronged you and I've taken this man's wife. And no, now he's a slave to that sin. Now, this, now it says you got to do some more sin. Now he's driven by that sin. So now he got to call in the husband. Let's see if we can work something out. I mean, and the man, his Uriah is such a noble, a noble soldier. That he's not going to go home and be with his wife when he has opportunity. He's, no, no, I'm, I'm fighting in the war. And David like, no, okay, all right. But he's a slave to that sin now. That slave, that sin come up with another scheme. And another scheme. Because he's a slave. It's another scheme. Before you know it, yeah, because it's his master now. Now he can't sleep because I got to figure out a way I got to get this man killed. Lay with his wife. Okay, now I'm going to get him killed. Now he takes Uriah's life. Y'all know how the story goes. He ends up, Uriah ends up being killed out on the front line. Why? Because David has gone from entertainment to enslavement. Well, the only thing that could set him free was a man of God came. He couldn't free himself. He's dealing with all the consequences. She's pregnant. The baby dies. He's, oh. He's fast and I don't know what to do now, you know. But then the man of God comes and says, hey, you know what the problem is, right? Yeah. He, you know, I'm going to give you the short story, story. And he finally, we get Psalm 51. Where he writes this repentance prayer. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me clean. He says, wash me, I should be white as snow. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going through this whole creating me a clean heart, renewing a right spirit. And all of a sudden, now he's freed from that enslavement. Now, for the rest of his life, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not about to get trapped like that no more. The Lord is my shepherd. He probably wrote a bunch of psalms. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who is the king of glory? The Lord mighty in battle is he. Oh, the Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. He said, no, from now on, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his holy temple. From the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of God. I don't even see you of the Most High God. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I don't even see you, girl. <laughs> see, 
He's not, he's not, okay. oh man, I'm out of time. Okay, now let's, let's look. Let me, let me finish this. I'm, I'm way over time. I want you to see this here. I want you to see this here. Okay, he's got to do something. Because he can't pray in tongues, right? So he got to sing a song to the Lord. A man's got to do what a man's got to do, man. I ain't trying to get entangled no more. I'm trying to get trapped. That's a word for y'all young men. Don't get trapped up. Glory to God. They still trapping out there, boy. Trappers out busy, boy. <laughs> now you entangled with, with Department of Revenue. <laughs> now you're a slave of the state, boy. <laughs> yeah, yo. <laughs> You work 40 hours, they get in the first 20 right off the top. You now you a sharecropper. You ain't no employee. You a sharecropper. No. Oh, Jesus. All right, let me finish up. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me just make sure I, I cover this here. Now, I know that's not all ladies. That's not because some of the ladies almost want to kill a man. You're supposed to be here with these, with these children. So that's not the case, everybody. Y'all understand that? All right. It was just funny, though. That was just funny. <laughs> All right, now, let's, okay, let's go to 5 verse 1. Let's finish up. 5 verse 1. Stand fast. Okay, I don't have time to read this, but write, write it down. About entertain, we can go back to Psalm 1, 1 through 3. That's why it says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the way of sin, of the citizen, the scornful. Because when you do that, you're entertaining what they say. So don't sit with the scoffers. Don't sit with them people. Hi, nice to see you. Love you. Good seeing you. See you. See you. I'll let you later. Okay. Because when you entertain, it contaminates your faith. Okay? All right, now, last thing here. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. Why does he say stand fast? Because you got to tie that back to verse 29 of chapter 4. Because you've got to deal with persecution. That's why he says stand fast. Therefore, because you're dealing with this persecution, which means it's hard. It's coming at you fast. It's coming at you all the time. So stand fast means to really like to get a firm, firm footing. I talked about before playing that game as we were kids called King of the Hill. Well, you had to get up on that hill and you had to stand there and, you know, let nobody knock you over. You, you talked about the Wednesday night, that game we used to play Red Rover, Red Rover. You know, and you send Johnny over, whatever. You stood fast. Don't let anybody run through you. And so that's what he's saying here. Stand fast, therefore, in this liberty, because they're trying to persecute you out of your liberty. They're trying to talk about you to get you to come down out of your liberty to the bondage of sense knowledge. 
to their level, because that's the level that they're operating on. It's a sense knowledge level where I only go by what I see and I feel, what I, can, what I hear, what I can figure out with my own mind. But that's, that's, not, that's not where liberty is. The liberty is living on the miraculous level. See, so you, you don't ever freak out no matter how bad the situation is. Because you believe in miracles. You know even in the midnight hour, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn around. It's going to work in your favor. I mean, we know the song, but I need, we need to make that a reality. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in my favor. Say it, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. Not, not, I didn't say, say God might turn it around. I said say God's going to turn it around. Well, how I know? He turned me around. I am a turnaround. So if he can turn me around, he can turn the situation around. And it's going to work in my favor. So I stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made me free. And I don't get entangled again with the yoke of bondage or slavery. So how do I stay out of enslavement? I make sure I avoid entrapment. How do I avoid entrapment? I avoid entanglement. How do I avoid entanglement? I stay out of entertainment. I don't, I don't, let, I don't let people entertain me with their stories. Oh, cousin so-and-so died. And, oh, ain't nobody our family ever had no money. And, oh. Oh, oh, like, oh, well, you know, bro, you just a man. We just a man. You know, man got to do it, a man. Man, we, gotta, we just men. We got we to gotta get our freak on. We just men. That's entertainment. Before you, when you keep entertaining that, you'll be entangled. You'll be entrapped. And then you'll be enslaved. That's a yoke of bondage. And no, okay, let's, let's say this one last thing here. I need some English people. Anybody here understand the English language? Sentence structure? Stand fast, therefore, the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Who is Paul talking to? Us. Or we could say you. So when he says stand fast and don't be entangled, who's responsible for the standing fast and the not right you are? You got that? Now you don't see the word. It doesn't say Sadie stand fast, therefore, or Max stand fast. It doesn't say that. But you got to know the way the sentence is structured that it's implied you. You stand fast. God's not going to stand fast for you. He's already made you free. Now stay in it. He's already done the work. He's already freed you from sickness and disease and poverty and lack and depression and doubt and guilt and shame and fear. Now just stay in it. Well, I feel myself. What's well, You listen to the wrong folk now. Got the wrong folk in your ear. That's where it starts. You entertain some foolishness. Get back out of that. 
Get back over in this liberty, stay in it, walk in it, and watch God take you to heights beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. 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 You all receive all that? Yes, well, get on your feet and give God a big praise and clap and thank you and hoot and holler and all that kind of good stuff and let the Lord know you appreciate it. Hallelujah! Glory to God! 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 Live free! I'd rather live free than die a slave. In Psalm 82, the Lord said that about the people. He said, I've called you gods, lowercase g-o-d-s. He said, yet you die like mere men. You're dying like slaves. You're not supposed to be slaves. I called you gods. You're supposed to be acting, living like me. So I'd rather live free than die a slave. Don't be like the world. They're, they're living like slaves and they're going to die like slaves. But you and I have given, been given the anointing and the assignment, the authority, and the agenda to go and set men free. Amen? Amen. So, as you sow your seed financially, expect the harvest to be big enough for a lot of people. As you sow your seed in the spirit, meaning when you're praying, or when you're fasting, when you're sowing mysteries by praying in tongues, expect to reap, to reap enough revelation, not just for you. Reap the revelation that's going to set men free. When you're sowing that time of consecration with God, you're not consecrating just to get your breakthrough. You're consecrating to get breakthrough for your whole family, your neighborhood, your community, for this region. So not only can we live free, but we can set other people free. Amen. 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 When you read back in our, the history of our forefathers, uh, at least as far back as this nation is concerned, when people were freed, they weren't satisfied just being freed. They had to go back and get other people free. That's why we have something called the, had something called the Underground Railroad. Is that what's in, in Cincinnati. Cincinnati? I know my wife and I plan on taking the kids and we go to Kentucky here in a few weeks. We're, we're taking one, one of those days. <laughs> one of those days we're taking off. We're taking off. We're going we're gonna to go to the, I know I'm, I'm probably getting a little trouble, so y'all pray for me. We're going to take a day off because I want them to go, I want to go to that museum. So I want, I want my children to know our history. All the peaks and the valleys. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because the history that, if we don't learn from our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And, uh, but the Underground Railroad was about people going to free other slaves. So that's what we are. We are freed men. So we're going to free other men. Amen? Amen. Grab hands on the next team. We're getting ready to go to be dismissed. Again, we're not going to be here tomorrow night, so if you come tomorrow night, you'll be by yourself. You're welcome to uh, sit on the porch in the parking lot. The Wi-Fi will still be on, so you can watch the message on YouTube. Pretend like, pretend like you're here. Amen.
And um, um, so no prayer in the morning either, okay? So just take the entire day with your family. Amen. Um, the Sister Garrett's group, they still have the prayer line at, on Thursday morning, okay? So y'all can do that, join them doing that. And uh, we'll come back Sunday for some more. Praise the Lord. Some of you are traveling. If you're traveling over holiday, please go with God. Be blessed. Have a good time. Um, Sister uh, Connie, uh, Connie Williams, she uh, was attacked the other day. She the devil attacked her with a stroke. And uh, you know, this is kind of older Cheryl's mom. That was last Friday. I just found out today. Last Friday had a, had a stroke. And uh, she's already out of the hospital. She's in... Uh, rehab facility right now and uh, you know, they told her hey it's going to be several weeks and she told Connie hey two days I'm up out of here <laughs> she, she, told, she told Cheryl I'm, two days I'm getting up out of here y'all know her she's what 82, 80, 82 83 I think and uh, she is she like a little spring chicken running around here man like, you're not going to put me down so uh, we'll keep her in prayers though that God will fully raise her up Tashiana's in, still in the hospital. Yes. Pray to God, raise her up. That's right. Uh, this day of freedom, hey, they're free from that stuff. That's right. Amen. That's God right. is That's right. our healer. He is Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, thank you today, tonight for this time. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have shown us great and mighty things. And, Father, I really, it is the desire of my heart, it is my passion to see your people walk in freedom. Yes. Walk in great liberty. Lord, as your word declares, I hate anything that leads people the wrong way. So I hate that system. I know that your system is right. I pray tonight that you'll give people direction. Every man, woman, boy, girl, this place tonight, Father, who's dealing with a situation right now where there's some sort of pressure, we don't bow down to pressure. We don't yield to pressure. We are led by the Spirit of God. So I speak right now and I declare that they receive wisdom and knowledge from you, Lord. Yes, that in the night hour, Lord, through yes, dreams, through visions, through prophecy, however you need to do it, Lord, show your people exactly what to do in every situation. And I thank you that God, faith arises and fear departs from every heart. And I declare tonight that we walk in wholeness and fullness and prosperity and anointing and the blessing. I thank you that God, as we have sown much, we receive much. As we have freely received, we freely give. So thank you that God, our harvest comes to us in abundance, oh God, in every area, spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, God. That we have enough to bless people around us. That we can change our generation and change this region for Jesus Christ. And I pray God. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord upon every person and family and life in this place. And I declare enormous power. Great power. Great power in every life tonight. That God, wherever the devil's lurking and really his ugly head, that God, we walk in the assurance that he has been absolutely, totally destroyed and annihilated. He has no power over us. We overcome him 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. So God, thank you that we walk in victory now and forevermore. God, go with us this week. Keep us safe as we leave from this place throughout this week. Bring us back Sunday, Lord. We look forward to a great and glorious time celebrating Jesus Christ. Thank you for men and women who will come being saved. And those who will come being healed. Those who will come being filled with the Holy Ghost. Those who will come. We call them to come. North, south, east, and west. Come. come. We'll have a glorious celebration in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. We love you. Have a great holiday. God bless America. God bless each and every one of you. See you on Sunday morning. <laughs>